Good morning, and welcome to Morning Prayers. We will begin today's service with a responsive reading from the Black Appleton Psalter book, Psalm selection number 150, found on page 75. Please stand as we read responsively my whole verse. Alleluia. Praise God in the holy temple. Praise God in the firmament of power. Praise God with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise God with lyre and harp. Praise God with and Praise God with strings and Praise God with resounding cymbals. Praise God with loud clanging cymbals.
My reading for the morning comes from the words of 19th century Swiss poet Henri Frédéric Emile. We often use these words for our benediction. Life is short. We don't have much time to gladden the hearts of those who walk this way with us. So be swift to love. Make haste to be kind. My friends, I turned 44 over the summer. And I'm pretty sure I'm having a midlife crisis. (laughs) Don't worry, young people. You aren't about to see me in leather pants and an earring. There are no red sports cars in my future. My midlife crisis seems to be of another sort. I've been reflecting a lot lately on the bigger questions of life. Questions that take me back exactly 25 years ago this week when I first stepped on the campus of Morehouse College. Questions you're thinking about. What are my plans? What am I supposed to do? Why am I even here? It's felt somewhat jarring to be back in this mental space decades later, asking the same questions that many students are asking of themselves today. This is particularly true based on current perceptions of my life. By most accounts, I've made it. According to pretty much every metric, I am successful. Tenure at a prestigious university, a prominent pulpit, a loving family, high-profile colleagues, friends, and congregants. Successful. Achievement prominence. Whatever noun or adjective one wants to use, if you were to ask me 25 years ago about my life now, I would say, I hit the mark. But now I wonder, what have I really done? What have I accomplished? Success by whose standard? Achievement by whose measuring tape? Look at the state of our nation. Think about the condition of our world. From Kim Jong-un in North Korea to Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. From President Erdogan in Turkey and our own Donald J. Trump here in the United States. What do these men share in common? They're all successful. They can boast of many achievements. They each have prominence. Yet most interestingly, they've each rode the winds of xenophobic violence and autocratic ambition to secure their success, their power, their prominence. 
Similar might be said of certain Christian, famous Christian faith leaders. Jerry Falwell Jr., James Dobson, Paula White, those who have access to the White House. There's faith in the halls of power, as sociologist Michael Lindsay would put it. Or consider the other 150 prominent clergy that gathered this week in Nashville to release a public condemnation of same-gendered love. While Hurricane Harvey wiped out entire cities, displaced millions, and claimed human and animal life in Texas and in Louisiana, these successful and prominent, well-known ministers were more concerned with someone else's sexual choices. For men who claim to be freaked out by same gender attraction, it seems to be their preferred topic of conversation. The lady doth protesteth too much, methinks. <laughs> but these examples constitute the reason why I find myself revisiting what it means to be successful. Because as they reveal, there's no correlation between success traditionally defined and goodness. We can have one without the other, the former without the latter. And while like most of you, I've spent the majority of my adult life trying to achieve a successful career, build a successful family, attain financial security, have I spent enough time considering what it means to live a good life? A life characterized by honesty, character, and most importantly, kindness. I don't know for certain. Maybe I'm no different than those preachers at the White House with their own aspirations. Maybe my own Christian faith has simply been a costume to mask my own professional ambitions. For we all must remember that like anything else in this world, our faith too can become a gimmick. Most notably when we deny the fact that those folk could ever be us. But what I do know for sure is that prominence, power, and wealth can make for an insecure existence. These are all external attributes. They're determined by others and conferred by the culture. Yet kindness, it's an internal disposition. It's a cultivated character attribute that says as much about its author as it does about its target. Kindness is when the divine presence in me recognizes the divine presence in you. Kindness causes us to see one another not as competitors, but as kin, siblings in the household of faith. And kindness helps us to have peace internally, even when circumstances are not at their best external. Is this why we witness prominent, successful people who are in constant need of affirmation and affection? 
those who have money in their pocket but are morally bankrupt, those who have people all around them but walk alone, their soul's diet lacks the milk of human kindness and the sustaining bread of compassion. In closing, a few years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine about raising kids. I shared how, as the one who grew up playing sports, I've always viewed life as a competition. We win by outdoing someone else. We achieve by outperforming the field. I can still hear the pity that came through in her reply. Jonathan, you cannot allow your sense of value or worth to be in relation to someone else. She went on to say, I pray that my daughters will do their best to cultivate their craft and pursue their dreams because of their own passions, not because they've embraced a fickle external standard. And that's what I'm thinking about this year. This is what I invite the community here at Harvard to consider with me. How do we redefine success? How do we shift our focus from what we might achieve professionally to who we ought to become personally? How might we spend less time thinking about what we might accomplish and more time thinking about what it means to live lives that are compassionate, kind, and true? Let us pray. May we, O oh God, cultivate kindness on the inside that can work on the outside, that will bring about changes in our lives. As we pray the words Jesus taught his disciples, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand to your feet as we sing the first verse of In Christ There Is No East or West. The first verse of In Christ There Is No East or West.
as we go into this day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord grant you peace. And the gathered people said, Amen. Amen.